Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. Those statements forge our core values, and they are three powerful words. What are they, family? In case you don't know, live speaks to your own spiritual growth and development, how you nurture your soul as a disciple, as a follower of the teachings. Love speaks to our opportunities for fellowship at FCBC, where we gather in on major occasions and then in small groups uh, to really share and enjoy one another's presence. And then the last one is service. It speaks to our community engagement here at FCBC. So those core values not only shape who we are, but they shape what we do here at FCBC. Amen? Amen. Good. We've been in a series, It's Bigger Than You. I thought I was going to have a video, but I'm going to show it next week. It was sent to me. It's amazing. Right after our uh, 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 vision casting session yesterday from a group of people at a church in Grapevine, Texas, that were sending, sent me a video about It's Bigger Than You. Uh, wearing the shirts, our teaser shirts for New Year's Eve service, and they're producing a, sh uh, a show inspired by It's Bigger Than You in Grapevine, Texas. And so I have that video. We'll have it. You know, they were laughing at me. My phone is an is a Android. Go ahead. Judge me. I don't even care. Judge me. I don't even care. I don't even care. I don't even care. Who got an Android in here? Let me see. Uh, it, look at God. Look at God. Look at God. So what? We the older people. All right. So what? So what? <laughs> but but <laughs> don't judge us. Let me see who got the iPhone. Everybody got an iPhone. Let me see. Yep. And everybody know how to use your phone too. You'll get that when you get home. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so this year's theme is bigger than you is really an overflow of our movement, the Be Human movement. I don't say a theme. It's really the Be Human movement in so many ways. And so we began this year with certain words that trigger the realities that this life we live is bigger than us. And, and so the first Sunday year, we talked about courage. Then the second Sunday, self-doubt. Then sacrifice on the third Sunday. And then the fourth Sunday, we talked about anger. And on last Sunday, Pastor Kendra and Pastor Dez talked about complacency. Amen. But today, I want to talk about joy. Amen. Joy. Joy. How your joy is bigger than you. So if you would turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah 8. 
Somebody asked me, y'all know about my eye. See, people say, what's wrong with your eye? So I have like inflammation, like a little tumor in the back of my left eye, and they give me these drops that actually weaken my blood vessel. And every now and again, my blood vessels in my eye, the capillaries will rupture. And last night, I think my rupturing of my eye uh, was connected to my celebration that Duke University beat Chapel Hill <laughs> last night. Um, I'm a Dukey, so I was very excited about that game last night. We almost lost it, but we pulled it out in the end. So, so I had to learn how to restrain my joy on last night. All right. Nehemiah 8, verses 9 through 11 in the New Revised Standard Version. Here's how it reads. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine. Somebody like that part. And send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. Amen. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you and we honor you today and we, oh God, just celebrate today that you have been faithful. You have been not only faithful, oh God, but you've been mindful, oh God, of all of us, each and every one of us, oh God, that you are so amazing that in your divinity you cover all, but in the sanctity of your particularity you build individual relationships, oh God. We thank you, God, for making each of us feel like we're your only child. God, we love you today. We honor and thank you and praise you because you are truly worthy. See us as you do. Hear us as you do. As we seek to lift our voices, our hearts, our soul, our prayers to you, O oh God. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Good, remain standing, don't sit down. Let me read that again, Nehemiah 8, 9 through 11. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise on today as you take your seat. The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Every Wednesday, we have our executive team meetings. It is our leadership team meeting here at FCBC. It is where the pastors and the executive leaders get together for about two, sometimes three hours every week to talk about the work that has been done and the work we're being called to do. We kind of support one another and collaborate with one another. And if you were here yesterday, you saw the amount of work that FCBC does. Sometimes you miss the impact of this place if you just move from Sunday to Sunday. But during the week, there are so many things that take place, not just here, but at the Hope Center and at the Dream Center. And, 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 it, and it is worthy of your support and worthy of your participation. But on this past Wednesday, I came in, and they could testify, to our meeting filled with joy. I felt good. I walked in and, and was just excited. My voice was elevated. My, my joy, I thought, was infectious. <laughs> but what was amazing is not that I was joined in celebration, but that most of the folk, including my very own son, said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> they were bewildered by my joy. They were thrown off by my demeanor. I first felt like lashing back out, but I realized that their, their inability to fully apprehend or understand or comprehend the nature of my joy was connected to the inconsistency of my joy. That, 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 that I wasn't always entering the meeting celebrating. The deep thing is that that day, hush your mouth up front. The deep thing that on that day, my joy and my celebration was not connected to the meeting. The meeting was joyous for me at least. I don't know if it was for everybody, but it was joyous for me. But my celebration and my joy began at home. Before I got in the shower, before I put on clothes, before I got in my car, before I made my way down here, I was in a state of celebration. And then they asked, well, why? And I shared two things. One, I got up that morning. I got up that morning. I knew that in my life there had been some touch and go moments physically and with my health that did not make the next day a guarantee. And so that day when I got up, I had resolved in my spirit, God, today, if it were my last day, you will know how I feel about you. And you will know how I feel about the life you've given me. And I was able to celebrate all the way from home, all the way to the church, all through the meeting, after the meeting. And that joy filled my spirit. Reason one. Reason two. I told them, I said, listen, I know it's not always easy in our work. There are challenges in what we do. Sometimes you don't always feel supported. Sometimes we are bewildered and baffled about where the resources will come from that will connect to the vision. Let me pause for a second because I said something. Let me inject the line to you. I said, here's a problem. When you think about what you can do and you think about resources, you will often stunt and stymie your progress. You don't think resources first. You think possibility. When you think possibility and trust in the possibility, the resources will meet you along the way let me get back to where I was and I said to them I know it ain't easy but watch this you are somewhere doing what you love 
You are working in a place that you enjoy, surrounded by people that you feel supported by, who love you, who embrace you. You, you could be doing stuff you don't love because there's people right now who are working jobs just to pay bills. There's no excitement, there's no fulfillment, and there's no joy. But you are getting to love God and work at the same time. You are getting to teach and preach and work at the same time. That's why you ought to be joyful. And I got to tell that word to somebody here. There are more than enough reasons that you could wake up every morning giving your own self the blues. Life ain't perfect. Circumstances not always right. Relationships are not going the way you thought. Finances are not in place. But none of those things ought to determine the nature of your joy. Your joy ought to be an internal disposition that's not based on external realities. That how you feel and how you engage is about what you woke up with, with that sense of deep-seated gratitude for who God is and what God has done in your life. I know I'm not the only person in here. You've had more than enough reasons to feel sad, to be depressed, to mourn, to feel grieving, to feel miserable but every now and again you got to think about what your life has been not perfect but filled with God's presence that's why you ought to celebrate what God is doing and now here's the thing the moments that will try to rob your joy are not always the moments of great misery Sometimes the thievery of your joy can take place in moments that ought to be times of celebration. You see, when you get to Nehemiah, Nehemiah had been commissioned to come and rebuild the walls of the city that had been destroyed. Nehemiah had become the governor of Jerusalem appointed by uh, the Persian king Artaxerxes. Ezra was the priest of the people. So Nehemiah and Ezra's relationship was profound because uh, Nehemiah was like the political social leader and Ezra was the spiritual leader of the people, but they worked together. And so on this particular day, as they were celebrating the raising of the various gates and that the city was coming together, the people asked Ezra the priest to read from the book of the law. It was the, those words and the law of God handed through Moses that had shaped the people of God. It had been their guide, so to speak. It had framed their lives. But the problem was, during the years of exile, when the city was destroyed in captivity, they were not able to worship, were not able to reflect, and they could not hear the words of the priests reciting the words of the law. But now that they had been back in the city, and now that things were now on the upswing, they asked Ezra to read the law. It was a powerful moment because here was the public declaration of the record of God's engagement with God's people. It was an opportunity for them to collectively and publicly declare their allegiance to God as they heard the words being read that reminded them of the sustaining relationship they had with God. It was a day where celebration should have been at the forefront. But as Ezra began to read the words of the law, the scripture says that the people began to cry. They began to weep, not for joy. But then when they heard the words of the law, of the law they realized the damage that exile had done. They had forgotten many of God's words. 
They had forgotten many of the stories. Seventy years of captivity and the memory for some had been vanquished. And even some of the people there, when they heard the words that were vaguely familiar, and some who were born in exile, who never heard, it said collectively, those who remembered and those who never knew or heard the words recited publicly began to cry because they thought of how far they had fallen. Fallen away from their connection to God's word. How far they had fallen from their connection to God. And they began to weep. They were weeping because they, not, they were no longer where they used to be and were not where they thought they should have been. It's amazing how often in our reflection of who we think we're supposed to be and where we think we should be, how mourning can creep in. How sometimes when we think about who we're supposed to be or where we should be, how sometimes it gives birth to anxiety and feelings of misery in our spirits. I know there have been more than a few moments where you looked at your life right now and you thought about where you think you should be or where you think you could be. You get depressed. Have you ever said those words to yourself? I should be further along than I am right now. You see other people advancing, people that you knew who came up with you, but all of a sudden there was a separation and you saw them ascend. And it felt like you didn't descend, you were just stagnant. Nothing was happening. Have you ever felt that in your life? Where you begin to look over your life and you begin to wonder, where did the years go? Before you know it, you were 40 and 50 and 60, and then the dreams and the things and the ambitions and the hopes you have for yourself in your 20s and 30s that never came to fruition now that you're older, you begin to wonder, can it ever really happen? And it wouldn't be so bad if there were not people moving forward, chasing their dreams and and accomplishing their goals, and here you are feeling stuck. And sometimes hearing other people's testimonies of what God is doing in their lives have a way of, again, bringing birth to misery in yours. You can't even fully celebrate other people's breakthroughs because their breakthrough reminds you of just your brokenness. And then they actually think that it's steep in jealousy and envy. No, your misery and your feelings of mourning are steeped in stagnation because you're not going anywhere. You see, what we often do to ourselves is we have a way of being our most severe critics. We have a way of doing the most verbal damage to our own selves especially when we set some bar, some standard, have such high expectations that do not come to fruition, and we then begin to beat ourselves up. But that's not what causes us to beat ourselves up. It's not just that we're not what we thought we would be or we're not what we think we should be. It's that we then take all that and put it on a timetable. And then we start counting. Well, by this time I should be here, and this time I should be here, and, and by this time I should be here. And then when you experience the collapse of your chronological hope, based on time and all of a sudden now you begin to mourn and you say things like I never thought I would be here jobless I never thought I would be here 
Didn't finish that degree. I never thought I would be here. In the middle of separation and divorce, I never thought I would be here. Not achieving the things you had hoped for, I never thought I would be here. But you got to remind yourself that here ain't permanent. Wherever that here is in your life, it is not your fixed position. It is just where you are now, but it is not your permanent location. Then if you connect your joy to your current crisis and your current problem, you'll never find, restore, or even walk in your joy. You'll only celebrate, which seems strange, but you'll celebrate your misery. How do you celebrate your misery? By continually repeating the negative narrative in your mind of what ain't right and what went wrong and who didn't help and who didn't show up and who should have been supportive and the people that got in your way and the folk that spoke against you. But here it is, all those people who you thought were stumbling blocks, if you change your disposition, become stepping stones. Oh, I hope you can hear that today. It is in your disposition. If you get in my way, if I stay stuck, then you get the victory. But if you get in my way and I learn to step over you, and not let you stop or stunt my progress or my growth. I cannot blame you. Oh my God, I've had that in my own life. People got in my way, put stuff on my path, and I thought that could stop me. And what I realized is that God whispered in my ear, watch this, jump. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I gave you a different kind of skill. Get over what's in front of you. Get over what they're trying to do. Get over how they're trying to stop you. Because if you let this one thing, this one person, this one situation stop you, then it gets the victory. So when the Ezra, the priest, read the scriptures, the people started to weep. Because in their self-reflection, all they saw was their inadequacy. But then it took Nehemiah. Nehemiah came with different words. You see, even though Nehemiah was the governor, oh gosh, he didn't start that way. Nehemiah was the cupbearer for the king. And the king of Persia. And when the king saw Nehemiah's mourning for his people and their place. The king gave Nehemiah permission to go back and rebuild the city. He gave him the necessary papers and the validation that he needed, but he went. And now on that day, when the gates had been erected and the city was coming back in order, it wasn't the cupbearer who started speaking. It was the governor who started talking. In other words, Nehemiah's presence was a sign that God can take you from where you were to where you need to be. It was a sign of possibility in his life. And when he saw them crying, Nehemiah said, wipe those tears away. Don't sit there having your pity party. This is the Lord's day. And although you're busy looking at yourself, look at what the Lord has done in your life. Look where God has taken you from. Look at all that we've been able to do when our enemies doubted us and they did not believe we could do it. Get, it, get out of your own head and start celebrating. I wish I had somebody here today who understood that every now and again, 
you got to get out of your own head. Stop talking against yourself. Stop speaking against yourself and take a look around yourself and see what the Lord has done. That's why Nehemiah said, listen, and this is good news. This is good advice for somebody who may be feeling depressed right now. You feeling bad right now. Things are not going your way right now. And you want to just go in the room, close the door and shut yourself off. Turn off the lights and stay in your dark space. Crawl in your cubby hole in your shadowy areas of life. Look at what Nehemiah said. He said, go have a party. Oh, God. I know it ain't what you thought. You thought I was going to say pray until your change comes. Read some scripture. Go on sermons online. No, go celebrate yourself. He said, go eat, go drink, and go share. You missed that. He said, eat, drink, and share. Because even though you think things are bad, there's somebody worse than you. And you want to learn how to share. That's when you tell folks, I ain't got much, but I'm going to share it with you. You missed this part. He said, why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The more you celebrate, the stronger you get. The more you celebrate, the stronger you get. You missed it. The more you celebrate, the stronger you get. And so if you're sitting there feeling weak, that's on you. But think about what God has done in your life. And get stronger. So when someone tries to figure out why are you busy celebrating? Why are you rejoicing? Why are you having fun? Just tell them, I'm getting stronger shout by shout. Praise by praise. Dance by dance. I'm getting stronger and stronger. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Is anybody here today who can testify? Look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Get up out your seat and start magnifying the Lord. Get up out your seat and start praising God because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Can you do me a favor? Look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, when you look back over your life and think things over, you can truly say, that you've been blessed. Oh, come and magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Come on, stand to your feet. We celebrate God today. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't let mourning seize the day. Let your rejoicing be a light for someone else's life so they can know no matter what, you have more than enough reasons to celebrate what the Lord has done in your life. Why? Because your joy can become infectious. It can fill the room. It can change environments. And it's in that very moment that you learn a valuable lesson. What's that lesson? That your joy is bigger 
than you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, Support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.